This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hello and welcome back to Thoughts on the Table, the audio blog on food and food culture. Paolo here, your host, and with me, returning guest, is my friend Diana Zoranis. Hi, Diana. Ciao, Paolo. I'm glad to be back again. It's fantastic to have you back, Diana. So, Diana and I go way back. We did a touring Epicurean Capital, the first one uh, together, now probably six or so years ago. <laughs> right, Diana? Something like that. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. And then, uh, and then, you know, Diana used to live in Italy. She lived there for over six years. And just about a year and a half ago, she relocated back to the United States. Uh, though she's in a different town. She's now in New York City, actually. Not a town at all. Right, Diana? Right. <laughs> and it, I guess that was about a year and a half ago, though. It feels, feels simultaneously like a long time ago, but also maybe a couple months ago. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Yes, yes. Sometimes uh, it's so so intense that you, you don't get bored. I think that's what happens there. And so it always feels new and, and very, very recent, very fresh. Um, yeah. Anyway, yes, uh, we had to connect and talk because, of course, we, we just were talking with Nick Zingale about the reverse culture shock that people experience sometimes when they move back to their country after spending uh, a a sufficient amount of time abroad. Um, so I obviously wanted to ask Diana about uh, moving back and whether or not she experienced culture shock. And I found out that Diana had written already a beautiful article on this subject uh, called uh, There and Back Again, The Transition from Italy Back to the USA. So um, what we're going to do is uh, go through this article, of course, a link to it as well, and, uh, and talk about it, discuss it some more and try to dig more into it. So um, your article is divided into two sections. The first one is about differences and similarities. Is that right? So why, why did you start with this in your post? I started with that because whenever people heard, or the people that I knew already, that I had been living in Italy for six years and just came back, the first questions that they would ask was, obviously first was, did I miss Italy? And then the second one was something like, what's it like? Or, and I took that to mean, what are the biggest differences? What is it like moving back to the U.S. after Italy? What are the differences that you see? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I went about it, um, because that's how people presented it to me whenever they asked me about it. Yeah, you say that you had a feeling that what people wanted to hear and what you actually wanted to say were not the same thing? Yeah, that's very... I've, I found that to be the case whenever people would ask me um, if I missed it. I think a lot of people wanted me to say that I did, mm -hmm. that I missed it a lot. Because, uh, and I think this is how you can project your own ideas and dreams onto other people, especially mm -hmm. when they've done something like living abroad that maybe a lot of people have thought about but haven't actually done. Yeah. So they would ask me if I missed it, and I think they wanted me to say that I did a lot and they were surprised when I, when I didn't, not mm -hmm. that I had anything against Italy. I loved living, living there, but I was really excited to come back and live in New York. And New York, of course, is like completely distracting and all consuming. And so I didn't have a whole lot of chance to like sit around and think about how much I missed Italy. So mm -hmm. I think that kind of threw people off too. And also in a way changed what they thought living abroad would be. Or maybe I'm projecting my own ideas onto them. <laughs> well, 
I, I think you know, obviously some kind of confirmation bias is there, right? People want to confirm their desire to leave. Like yeah. uh, when I was uh, going back to Italy after spending my first, uh, I don't know, year in Canada, a lot of people were really talking to me with eyes full of admiration and saying, what is like Canada? Is it beautiful? So like <laughs> always asking me and putting in the question as well, the answer that they wanted. It's beautiful. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they were projecting their desire to go. So, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of that projection, I think, that's happening. <laughs> yeah, of course, not everyone. I mean, not everyone was like that. Tons of people were genuinely very curious about what the differences were and how I felt moving back. But, yeah, I think uh, I think the average person was projecting their own ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, were you able to come up with some differences, at least the superficial ones? Yeah, that's kind of how I started answering <laughs> Because it's hard to get into like an in-depth conversation with every person who asks, what's it like? And then they want to hear a sentence answer and then go on. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things that impressed me the most coming back or that really showed me what the differences were, were surprising. So like for one example that I used a lot because it was something I never thought of while I was in Italy, mm -hmm. was if I was at a stoplight, especially in the first month back when I was... Um, I was not living in New York, but I was, you know, sometimes taking a car, which I'd never do here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, so if I was at a stoplight in a car, I just kept expecting the motociclette, all the little <laughs> motorcycles to come up around me, like mm -hmm. to the left and to the right and like start to rev their engines and get ready to take off as soon as the light turned green. Mm -hmm. And I just kept for about a, that whole month, I just kept like expecting them to come up around the car. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that once you start saying that once, then it becomes, you know, what you say. So it becomes yeah, very handy yeah. to, to have some place to go uh, with that kind of uh, answer, right? Yeah. And another thing that was uh, a daily occurrence in Italy that I never got used to was how many people smoked. Mm. And that was actually really nice not to experience that here. I was really, it's like something that for several months after moving back, it was, I noticed the freshness of the air around me, I guess, even being in mm -hmm. a city, like not having uh, secondhand smoke blown into my face all the time, wherever I walked. Yeah. Um, and so now when I do smell smoke, I'm like reminded fondly of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Strangely enough. <laughs> Strangely enough. Yeah. Well, we, we noticed the, the opposite here. I used to Canada where pretty much is smoke free. Um, yeah. These days, uh, instead here, you know, more people smoke, we feel. So when we run into them, um, we notice. Um, I'm surprised to hear that you notice the reverse because the lack of is usually harder to detect. But yeah. uh, you detect the clean air, which is which is interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even in a city. <laughs> Even in the city, yes, exactly. Well, it's clean of something that was there yeah. before, so you appreciate that. Um, in your article, also you talked about something really, really interesting to me um, that you were surprised to hear strangers speak English. Mm -hmm. Can you can you talk some more about that? Yeah, well, living in Italy, even though I speak and understand Italian, I speak it fluently. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to just like tune out what other people around you are saying or not mm -hmm. to not eavesdrop, essentially. Yeah. If you're out in public, you can mm -hmm. easily like focus on the two people you're talking to. Um, but back here, any group, any two people talking together it was almost always in English. It is almost always in English. And, mm -hmm. um, or 
maybe not necessarily in New York City, but yeah. it's very often English. And so I'm, I, my ears just were perking up all the time, <laughs> <laughs> which is something that happened in Italy. If I heard tourists or especially like in Turin, where a lot of people did not speak English, if I did hear it, I would right away, I would hear it and hone in on them. Mm-hmm. So here it just kept happening. And um, that was surprising. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hear English so much. Yeah. I can see that absolutely. Um, it's the same for me. Um, if I hear somebody speak Italian, I, I cannot not hear them. It's right. also hard not to focus on what they're talking about. Um, yeah. And when I'm in Italy, I'm too a little bit annoyed that that's happening mm-hmm. because often I don't really care <laughs> about what they're talking about. Yeah. But I can't help it. So if I'm trying to read something, it becomes a distraction. Um, though it can also be a lot of fun, of course, uh, depending on what they're talking about, right? And what they're saying, right. <laughs> this dropping can be cool. Uh, I mean, the fact that we are able to tune them out is because for you, Italian, and for me, English are second languages, right? Yeah. It's another circuit that gets activated and it's easy to, to shut down. But, That's exactly um, right. Mm. Although now that I'm here, I have to say there are a lot of Italians in New York mm-hmm. and I hear Italian almost every day if I'm walking around and my ears pick up on that instantly as it used to happen in Italy when I heard English. And that's fun. I like mm. that. I think that that's entirely normal um, because, of course, you've um, you've had to develop an ear for Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, discerning the words and you know, and interpreting the meaning. It's something you worked hard on. So now, you know, that circuit kicks in. I'm sure. I'm, I'm no brain expert, but I'm pretty sure that uh, that that's what's happening because uh, it happens to me the same uh, way when I'm. Uh, when I'm in Italy and I hear something in English, uh, it just uh, activates. And uh, the most annoying thing for me was um, when in the news, they interview somebody um, in English and the person starts to respond to the question and then they fade the original English uh, answer uh, out and then they, they put in a dubbed translation. And that's something that really annoys me because, you know, I was listening to that um, and of course, this also reminds me of um, other things that they dubbed in Italy, because in Italy, they seem to dub everything. Any TV show, um, movie is mm-hmm. dubbed, and uh, everything is so, so ruined <laughs> with this bad, bad dubbing. Um, did you experience the same uh, in Italy? Was it frustrating for you as it was for me? Honestly, I mostly watched English movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I didn't watch them dubbed in Italian. Of course, so. yeah. And then if we if I ever watched like an Italian language movie, I would watch that without any dubbing over in English. Like if I needed to mm-hmm, if I needed course. help in understanding it, especially when I first moved there, mm-hmm. I would just watch with subtitles because I can't stand dubbing. <laughs> no, I, it's really uh, annoying. It sounds really really monotone and and fake and uh, lacking everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it must be something you have to get used to. And I also, I definitely believe it's an art form mm-hmm. and that there are dubbing artists. I know that dub only for Brad Pitt or, you know, they, they have their specific actor that they dub movies for so that people can recognize the voice. Mm-hmm. But I just never got used to it. Yeah, <laughs> to me, course. it did sound very fake. Also, knowing how the actor's voices actually sound and then hearing another voice over it was just too frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... Um... You were talking about differences. Um, of course, uh, you also mentioned in your article that there are other 
differences they are very expected like faster paced more expensive lifestyle and obviously a different work-life balance in new york yeah the faster pace more expensive lifestyle and work-life balance are all things that come with living in new york i think mm -hmm. um and they would they're different from the rest of the u.s as well yeah probably yeah mm -hmm. and one thing though in the work-life balance and living in a city that's a little bit similar to Italy is how it keeps you out of your apartment for a little bit longer mm -hmm. or your house. So you live more of your daily life outside in mm. the city or at work or seeing people or going out at night afterwards. And that happened a lot more in Italy than it does in any kind of suburban environment, I think in the US. And mm, interesting, yeah. there are a lot of Americans that live in a suburban environment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The majority, I'm sure. So mm -hmm. while I guess we, like New Yorkers, work a lot and we do have a very fast-paced lifestyle, mm -hmm. there are some similarities that can be found in that with Italy. Right. Uh, I think your job to, uh, by the way, congratulations on your job is awesome, uh, obviously um, makes um, a difference because you're still very connected to Italy. Um, do you mind talking a little bit about your job? Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, that's a huge factor. And That's like Italy has been this like um, the fila rossa, the connecting thread through a lot mm -hmm. of what I've done after outside of college, even in college a little bit because I took Italian there. Right. But um, I now work at Colangelo and Partners. It's a PR firm that works exclusively in wine, spirits and food. And a lot of my clients are Italian wine clients, mm -hmm. which I love because some of my colleagues are Italian or they also lived in Italy like me and now are living back in the U.S. And so I still, I get to speak Italian every day at my job and I get to work in wine uh -huh. and with something that just in and of itself interests me. So that's been really great. And I'm, I'm glad I still have that connection. It's and fantastic. it makes me feel also like that big chunk of my life that I spent in Italy mm -hmm. is connected to this next stage of my life. It all leads to something. That's why I always say to people who are afraid to take chances and uh, move, maybe, uh, to try, try to embrace it instead. Right. Um, I always think about this, uh, something that I think of as Steve Jobs mm -hmm. that said, when you look back, all of the dots are connected. Yes. But maybe going forward, they're just like, they seem like random dots. Mm -hmm. It's just looking back that your experience is what draws them all together. Yes. I always like that uh, quote. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yes, um, definitely um, a good story and an inspiring one, uh, Diana. That's super cool. Um, okay, so going back a little bit on your post, um, you also had um, mentioned something like some expectations, uh, especially on public interactions, were actually mm -hmm. flipped. You thought that things would be rougher there, but they weren't at all. Right. <laughs> so... Um You always hear that New Yorkers are rude and direct, mm -hmm. but I've found them in public interactions and, you know, going into a store or walking down the street, just your everyday public interactions. New Yorkers are actually pretty polite mm -hmm. for how many of us there are and how many people you see during the day. They're very polite. Just, And I found that to be quite the opposite in Italy. <laughs> Yeah. I love Italians, nothing against them, yeah. but I think mm -hmm. in public, they can be quite 
rude on the surface. And Mm -hmm. I know they would say, and I've talked to this, I've talked to my Italian friends about this too. And Mm -hmm. some of them say, well, because we're not faking it and we're not being fake. And I think being, you know, smiling (laughs) Mm. at a stranger is kind of fake, but it's, it's, it's a form of politeness that I greatly appreciate. (laughs) I think maybe because there's so many New Yorkers, we would just kill each other. (laughs) (laughs) Form of defense. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely part of social interaction. And it's part of, uh, you know, when somebody asks you, how are you? You say, well, and you, you don't get into talking about your problems uh, to them. You're faking, but that's part of the exchange (laughs) that is expected uh, from, you know, a a civilized conversation. And if you didn't have that, uh, it'd be rude and uh, it'd make you uncomfortable. Even like the cab drivers and and people driving in cars here, Mm -hmm. I'm always amazed by how patient New Yorkers are. And I guess if I was coming from any other town in the U.S. straight Mm -hmm. to New York, I would not see them as patient at all. I mean, yeah, they honk their horns, but they they wait for you to pass on mm-hmm. the crosswalk, and um, they didn't do that in Italy. <laughs> they didn't wait. They just no. <laughs> rush you through. <laughs> yeah, they, or you know, they they just didn't wait. They pretended they didn't see you. Mm-hmm. Every kind of any interaction, they were just like it was like they were surprised at having to wait, or they were surprised at someone yeah. cutting them off. But, um, and they would honk their horn and, and react. Yeah. Make faces. Yes. Yeah, they still do. But it's kind of like, it's just all in a day of driving in New York. They're used to it. And so I, I've just noticed they're more patient than I would ever expect them to be here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my experience in New York, uh, I've been there twice with my wife. And uh, it was exactly like you said. Um, you know, I had a feeling that uh, people were very, very polite, very united. Um, I had this feeling that people were very proud to be New Yorkers and proud to show a, a good side to their city, to, to foreigners, to visitors. Uh, I'm sure they, I still st- stood out as a visitor and not <laughs> local. And, um, and yeah, and uh, especially cab drivers were not only, um, you know, polite with uh, pedestrians and uh, the way they drove, but also um, they were very friendly with us when we were taking them. So it was always a, a very interesting experience and uh, a fun way to connect and uh, learn maybe about the city or what was going on and just simply feel feel more welcome, more connected. So that's... I'm glad you noticed that as well. I thought it was like just me and people would think I'm crazy, but I'm glad you've noticed that. <laughs> no, it was it was a constant thing. We use cabs a lot and it was always very, very friendly. Uh, so, yeah. um, all right. So we talked about cab drivers and uh, we talked about, you know, motor scooters or lack of uh, motor scooters, maybe a more expensive lifestyle, but at the same time, a similar lifestyle where, you know, you walk a lot. And you maybe buy your groceries uh, in different stores and not just uh, in one, like uh, sometimes it happens in North American cities. Is that right? Right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, so I think we can move to the second part of your, uh, of your post, which is about culture shock. And the fact that moving back may not mean uh, a culture shock. So first off, uh, I think we should try to define culture shock, um, the forward culture shock. Uh, so when you grow up in a place, you go to school there, and then maybe you decide to relocate. Uh, you move to another place, and I think you need to move there. You can't just have culture shock from visiting. A short visit, it may give you some, but not the full extent of it. I think you need to live in another place 
for sufficiently long to be able to really experience what culture shock is. Um, what do you think about this first? Yes, I totally agree. And I even want to add to that because I think you not only have to live there for a while, but also at least some part of your mind has to have the expectation that you are going to be there mm. for a very long time, mm -hmm. that maybe you'll stay there and live there permanently for another 10 years or mm -hmm. the rest of your life, maybe. I think some part of you has to really believe that and think, this is where I'm going to be. And this is what I have to get used to. And this is what my everyday life is going to be like. It's not just going to change in a year or two. Yeah. So I think that's also a big part of um, experiencing actual culture shock. Exactly, exactly. The first period, otherwise, especially if you're not sure about staying, is sometimes referred as the honeymoon phase there too. Like yeah. you, you just enjoy all the good things and the novelties, uh, and then uh, you completely dismiss um, other aspects that are maybe not as nice, uh, because again, you want to, you know, enjoy your vacation. But but yeah, things are different when you realize that, yeah, this may be my reality. So there are right. things that uh, shock me now. And this can be um, negative, but I think it can also be positive in the sense that you may realize that, um, you know, people here line up. That was me in <laughs> Canada to get on the bus even. And that's yeah. a, a good shock. Like, <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> what's wrong with Italians there? So I was, I think, you know, in a way, um, already kind of looking back at Italy and, and having some kind of a reverse culture shock. So yes, we can come on to talking about that now. Um, reverse is, to me at least, when, uh, when you think of the place you're coming from and things that were normal to you before now are no longer normal and actually they shock you in a way. Um, yeah. Usually negatively, they annoy you. Um, and in your post, you, you said that uh, maybe there wasn't much of that um, going back to New York because, again, it's New York and it's, in a strange way, quite similar to Italy. It's quite similar. And um, in some of the everyday mm. interactions and everyday um, how you carry out your life. Yeah. So there was that that I didn't have to get used to. And then, and like I said, even if I had been an American coming from some small town going to New York... I may have had more difficulty in adapting to the lifestyle. Yes. Uh, whereas from, coming from Italy here, I didn't. Um, so there was that. And there was also the fact that I just really was wanting this exact change. So mm. I was really looking to the fast-paced lifestyle of New York and the, the sense of immediacy mm -hmm. and, um, and kind of an intense lifestyle here compared to what Italy had. And yeah. Almost an exact opposite of focus for each culture. So mm -hmm. Italy is very much focused on preserving tradition and, and history and their culture. And it's beautiful. And I love, love mm -hmm. Italy. But I also wanted something completely new and different. And New York is all about um, trends and what's happening now and kind of a disregard for history. Even like, you know, mm -hmm. they just... Yeah, move forward. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so in a sense, um, it's not a going back. It's another relocation to, you know, a third place. Uh, yeah. And something you, you were craving, something you knew you were going to find there. And did it live up to your expectation? Now I have to ask you. Yeah, 100%. It did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know if I would have been able to appreciate it and really 
like it and and get into it as much as if I hadn't first lived in Italy. And mm. I think it's really important to experience both sides because there is something really important about preserving a culture and history. Of course, yeah. there is appreciating it and um, and getting there's much more depth of character in mm -hmm. the Italian culture, I think, because there's so much more behind it mm -hmm. um, and almost a more mature kind of character. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have been able to appreciate New York and really get into the lifestyle here if I hadn't experienced that first. And I think that's really important to, because one is not better than the other. Mm -hmm. It's just two different kinds of cultures that I'm glad I've been able to experience both. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, Diana. It was great talking with you. Uh, as usual, um, I love the way you break things down in your analyze. Uh, that's your anthropology side again <laughs> coming through. Yeah, thanks for thanks for reaching out again about this because I I also enjoyed talking about it and thinking about it. And it was mm -hmm. much more immediate when I first moved here, but I don't think I had a very good perspective on everything mm -hmm. the first even half a year that I was back. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a while. And I'd love to, to talk some more uh, later on as well. Again, uh, it was a, a lot of pleasure talking with you today. Um, and uh, as usual, let's keep in touch. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Have a great day, Diana. I'll let you go on with your busy life. <laughs> Thank you, Paolo. Have a great, great New Year's. All right. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. Oh, you, you're going to have New Year in New York. I know. I've never done that before. So I don't jealous. think I'm going to go to Times Square. Are you going there? <laughs> No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a bit... Uh, Too much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, no, I, I think I would stay away as well. But I'd probably go somewhere else equally cool because yeah. we're in New York. <laughs> so that's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, fantastic. Enjoy and have a wonderful 2019. Thank you. Bye-bye, Diana. Talk soon. Bye.